Today is December 10th, and this is the 30th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. I'm back with Jack O'Hara. Yes, you are. How are you, buddy? You are back with me for episode number 30, the big 3-0 for the MMA Mike podcast. We were talking about it right before we went on. You started August 21st with your podcast. We were talking about starting it, what, for like a few months before that during COVID? Yeah. You brought up the idea to me in like April and May, and here you are, 30 episodes in the books. So this is going to be like, what, 288 for me? So uh, you got a little climbing to do, kid, but you'll get there. You'll get there a for lot sure. of A lot of climbing, but you know what? It goes by pretty fast. Um, you know, I try to get out about two episodes a week, and uh, it adds up. You know, but I've been having fun with it and uh, I've been enjoying it. So, I mean, the consistency part is key and we're going to celebrate today. I got my uh, Panda Express with me. So cheers to you with my chicken teriyaki. I got a fortune cookie for you. I'll open it up here in front of the microphone. These are more often uh, tips than fortune. So your kindness will lead you to success. See that that's more of a tip than a fortune, but. I digress. It's a good. That's quote. true. Maybe it's just an Arizona thing. Maybe they're kind right. of they're kind of a lot nicer here. Out west. Yeah, yeah. I, the the ones on the east they're kind of just stupid, in my opinion. But that's right. You heard it here first yeah. from uh, two East Coast boys. So let's talk about yeah. uh, let's talk about UFC UFC two fifty six uh, fight night just took place. You just did that review on episode twenty nine. That was episode twenty nine. This is episode thirty. Uh, we have a few good fights on this card. It's not completely stacked. However, Tony Ferguson, to me, uh, since we talk about him all the time, like literally we mention Tony Ferguson every time we talk about uh, mixed martial arts, he has a chance for redemption in this uh, upcoming pay-per-view on Saturday, December 12th, at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, on the Strip. Uh, he's going to take on Oliveira, and he's 29-8, and 26-4. Tony Ferguson, of course, was supposed to fight Khabib, uh, came up with a uh, another uh, misfortune with Khabib having to go back home to Russia, and then he loses to Justin Gaethje, arguably the biggest fight, uh, the biggest shocking fight of the year. And now he has a chance for redemption to get himself back into, into title contention. What do you think about that? Um, this is do or die for Tony Ferguson in a sense. Uh, he's got to win this fight. Reason being, you know, two losses is going to push you down quite far. Um, you know, you lost to Justin Gaethje. In a a tough fight. You know, Justin Gaethje obviously proved himself to be the division's finest. Um, but then again, you know, Tony Ferguson was on a 12 fight win streak, um, undefeated for a very well undefeated streak for a very long time. And, um, you know, with another loss to a guy like Charles Oliveira, who will, if he beats Tony Ferguson, basically take his spot in the rankings and in that top five, that top five of the lightweight division is unbelievably stacked. And um, there's a little room for error. So he really needs to win this fight. Now, do I think he's motivated? I definitely think he's very motivated. He was, in my opinion, pissed off about his performance. Um, you know, you picked Gaethje. I picked Ferguson. I did think Ferguson could win. I do believe, you know, he had a very long uh, camp leading up into that fight, which maybe wore him down. He did cut weight twice, could have wore him down a little bit. And uh, he was preparing for a grappling uh, fight 
against Khabib and ended up having a striking fight against Fergus, uh, Gaethje rather, you know, Tony Ferguson, it could have just been a lot of things that added up to a, a bad performance. Um, and you can't stay perfect forever, but he's got a tough opponent in front of him in Charles Oliveira for sure. And, uh, you know, this is a fight for Tony Ferguson where he doesn't necessarily have the grappling advantage 100%. Um, Charles Oliveira is very skilled in the grappling department. And, uh, you know, Ferguson can't fool around with it, I don't think. He almost has to go in there with a very specific game plan and, I think, keep it on the feet, try to cut up Oliveira and get him out of there. Um, You know, Oliveira has 19 submissions on his resume. Uh, He has eight finishes by TKO or KO. Um, Oliveira is dangerous, you know, and he's on a win streak of of his own right now, uh, I believe seven fights. So, you know, he's on the uprise. Um, we haven't seen Charles Oliveira since he beat Kevin Lee, which is back in March, um, which was actually the first fight that had no fans since fans. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a tough fight. I think it's going to be a very fun fight to watch. Let me ask you who you have before I tell you. I want Tony Ferguson just for his own personal sake, because we, we talk about those events and I talked about them at the beginning of the show, uh, going from number one contender, trying to fight the same guy literally for five years straight. The first time we were going to see Tony Ferguson versus Khabib was back when you were in eighth grade. Back when you were in eighth grade, Mike, you're a freshman yeah. in college now at the yeah. University of Scranton. All the way back in your Long Valley middle school days in Long Valley, New Jersey. That was the first time he was supposed to take on Khabib. Uh, Because of bad luck and uh, uh, bad circumstances, it got canceled not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, but six different times. And then he has uh, kind of a like or a gimme fight against a, a kid named Justin Geechee who he thought he had he had it in the bank. It was money in the bank. And he was going to get his rematch against Khabib later down the line. Doesn't happen. Geechee upsets him in arguably the biggest upset uh, in the UFC as of this date. And now he's in rebound mode against a guy who, like you mentioned, is not a cakewalk whatsoever in Charles Oliveira. He's 29 and 8, crusty veteran. Uh, you mentioned the striking, and you don't know if Tony Ferguson is going to be able to combat that. I want to- Tony Ferguson. My heart wants Tony Ferguson, but it's it's going to be a very tough fight for him to win, given everything that he's going against. I'll be honest with you. I, I agree with you, and I think it's probably one of the most more tougher fights in the division just because of Oliveira's ground game. You know, I, I, Oliveira is that good on the ground, which gives Tony Ferguson a problem, reason being Ferguson normally edges his opponents on the ground, you know? If Ferguson gets into trouble, he could kind of resort to that, or he could kind of do some funky rolls and and uh, maybe pull out a submission as a secondary option. You know, maybe he wasn't initially planning on it, but he's he's that good on the ground that he can do that. I think you know Oliveira is going to nullify that, and uh, I, I I don't think it'll be that big of a problem where Ferguson has to worry because Ferguson is very good on the ground as well. I think the grappling will somewhat nullify each other and it'll turn into a a standing fight, which then makes it okay. Ferguson has a little bit of a more funky, wild striking and uh, Oliveira is a little more clean and more technical. So 
it's going to come down to who leads the dance. I mean, you know, Ferguson's got a beautiful gas tank. I think Alvarez got a pretty good one too. Um, but this might come down to control and just who ends up getting clipped and uh, cut and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's tough. But I'm going to go with Ferguson because I want Ferguson. And um, Ferguson may even have to find, you know, and a big thing about this fight is is it being th- three rounds because a five-round fight favors Tony Ferguson, in my opinion, 100%. The fight being three rounds changes some things because Tony starts off slow, and if he loses a round, maybe he loses the second round, or even if he just loses the first, wins the second, it's going to come down to that third. You know what I mean? Um, I could see Ferguson maybe even be losing this fight and needs to get a finish in that third round and he goes after it and he gets it. Um, Alvera could very well get this win, but I'm going to go with the guy I want. And that's Tony Ferguson. I really like the guy and I got to go with him. What do you think happens if he loses though? God forbid, because if he loses this fight, it's to the back of the line essentially, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely to the back of the line. Um, right now, Ferguson's ranked number three. Alvera is ranked number seven. You got to assume that Oliveira is going to take his ranking. Uh, Connor is at number four, and Connor's going to fight Dustin Poirier. Let's say Connor wins, so he's going to be above him. For, you know, Ferguson's probably going to end up get, at the end of this with the loss and a couple other lightweight fights. He's going to end up getting pushed down to probably seven or eight. Um, and that's going to lead him to fight, you know, one of these guys much lower. Uh, maybe a Dan Hooker could make sense, but. You know, obviously, we'll talk about a matchup uh, if he loses another time. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely going to make him need to climb uh, a lot more compared to where he was. You know, he was at the top. He had the he had the, the challenge spot. You know, he had uh, his title shot, and he decided to give that up. Well, to a degree, you know, almost like he was defending the belt and he lost. But that was his decision. and. Um, Let's see what happens this weekend. You know, I'm, when we were talking about it beforehand, too, I'm very shocked. I know, like, he's, his name has a lot of star power, Tony Ferguson, and Charles Oliveira in his own right, tremendous fighter. And that's the biggest fight I'm looking forward to. I'm shocked, and I was telling you before, that this isn't main eventing. What's the significance in the flyweight main event here between uh, Figueredo and, and Brandon Moreno? Well, reason being it's the main event is just that it's a title fight. I mean, even though their names might not be as popular as Tony Ferguson um, and even Charles Charles Oliveira, you know, he might not be that well known. But after this fight, I definitely think he's going to get the recognition recognition he deserves. But Figueredo, you know, he's got the title. And I think putting him in the main event spot uh, on a card with Tony Ferguson will bring some eyes. And this is, you know. This is the fastest title fight turnaround in UFC history. I think it may be in MMA history. Uh, he just defended his belt last pay-per-view, and now he's defending again. Um, Brandon Moreno fought last uh, pay-per-view as well, and now he's challenging Figueredo. Um, so this is interesting, and, and it shows, you know, this division has had the most lightweight title fight, or flyweight title fights, rather, um, this year than any other division. Uh, four times there's been title fights in the flyweight division. So 
this division's active um, and they're putting on exciting fights. And unfortunately, a lot of fans, a lot of casual fans, you know, they, they're, they're getting new, they're getting used to these names. You know, they might not have um, these fighters might not have the recognition as a lot of the other fighters do, but I think in the near future, they will. And part of the, the, the way the UFC is going to get this done is by making them in a, a main event and uh, continuing to put them in, main cards and whatnot um so that's definitely a big part of it and not putting them in a big pay-per-view where they're the code main event or the third fight of the night you know and one of those big pay-per-views like they have um so putting them as the single pay-per-view or single title fight on the pay-per-view will give them a little more eyes were these guys roughed up at all in the last pay-per-view how, how has it been such a quick turnaround it's obviously well, the biggest uh, turnaround in ufc history yeah, 100%. I mean, both fights uh, finished in the first round. Figueredo got a submission in the first round pretty fast. And uh, Moreno got a finish in the first, after the first round, technically. Uh, it was a first round stoppage. Um, uh, Brandon Roy Val's shoulder popped out, but Moreno hopped on him and started, you know, you know punt, ground and pounding, and uh, the ref stopped the fight. But, um, you know, both fighters really didn't endure any damage, really. I mean, if anything, Moreno probably picked up more damage just because he had a little bit of a longer first round than uh, Figueredo. But uh, they basically got unscratched, and uh, this was the fight to make, so why not make it happen as soon as possible? That's so brilliant on Dana White's end. I mean, not only is it a great fight, but to bring them back so quick, it's just, you know, again, a never-been-done-before scenario. And I, I honestly think, I know this isn't a huge uh, card, I like every single fight uh, on the main card, honestly. I mean, you have big names. Junior Dos Santos, uh, Ronaldo Souza's back, Mr. COVID. Remember, he couldn't fight earlier in the year, and now he's back. Yeah. These are some pretty cool matchups. I mean, talking about Ronaldo, Ronaldo Souza versus Kevin Holland, two powerhouses in their own right. I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm really looking forward to this card as a whole. But again, the Tony Ferguson fight to me holds the most weight um, from a fan perspective for sure. Yeah. I mean, this card overall is going to be a great card. And I think a big thing was they, they put this title fight on this card uh, and they pushed it to happen so fast was because they, they didn't, you know, they were supposed to have other title fights beyond this card and they had to scrap them. And uh, I think they were like, all right, well, we have this opportunity. Why not make it happen? You know, and um, I think they were probably thinking, well, we're not going to put uh, this title fight on the card with Connor because Connor is fighting Corey in the next pay-per-view. And uh, I bet there won't be a, a, a title fight uh, on that pay-per-view. Reason being they want McGregor to be the main event. And I doubt that they'll put a non-title fight as the main event over a title fight. Uh, so push it now makes sense. Um, and you're going to get a you know couple titles. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the pay-per-view after Connors has two title fights, um, maybe even three, just because they're going to be pushing them out. Um, and especially since there's going to be no title fight on that pay-per-view. Um, but this main event should be interesting. I think it's hard to go against Figueredo just because of what he's been doing and how he's been finishing people and the power he has for this division. I don't think anyone hits like he does in the flyweight division. And although Moreno throws a lot of volume and he's very skilled, he's very well-rounded. Um, you know, he's got good ground game 
uh, on his own. I think uh, Figueroa is going to get this done. Most likely, he's probably going to end up knocking him out, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think Moreno is good enough to not get submitted. Um, I'd go late, late uh, knockout, possibly decision. Uh, no earlier than the third round, though. For a knockout, bro. I mean, it's going to be hard for both guys. Like, I don't care who you are, like what t- type of human being, monster, or juggernaut that you are. Both these guys are on the shortest rests of their entire MMA careers. So it could be very, very different, a, a totally different dynamic of how they actually set things up, how they trained for this fight. And Yeah, I mean, they're just coasting from where they were. So you're right. It's going to be interesting. You know, they, they were already in great shape. All they got to do is maintain and, uh, you know, I think they're they're an autopilot right now. So yeah. you're right. It, it should be interesting. I mean, I'm definitely with you. I think Figueredo definitely has the upper hand. And if he can get the upper hand quick, it's lights out for Brandon. I mean, we've seen his striking, Figueredo, uh, especially like literally less than a month ago. So um, I, I, I would go with him if my money was on it. And again, my heart says <laughs> Tony Ferguson. It's going to be a tough fight to bet on between Tony and Charles. It's going to be a tough one uh, on MMA Verdict as well. Got to plug them again. Even though, again, we don't sponsor them, but we love them. We love that app. I hit another belt. Did you? Yeah, two two weeks in a row I hit a belt. Top 10%. There you go. Pretty impressive. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is I always post my picks in the past two weeks I haven't. In the past two weeks I've gotten belts. So maybe I, I should stop posting. Huh. <laughs> Keep getting belts. Wow, two now, belts, we'll, 30 episodes. We'll see how this week goes. I'm Mike. Look at me. So I think we're both going with Figueredo, right? I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I mean, Moreno very well. If there's anyone in the division who's actively fighting right now that could potentially beat Figueredo, it's got to be Moreno. But I think Figueredo is just another beast, you know, and uh, it's going to take someone to, to come back uh, or go down and wait to beat him. Example, uh Maybe like a TJ Dillashaw or Cody Garbrandt or maybe even a return of Henry Cejudo. Cross your fingers. I'd love to see it. Sure, reach out again. See if he's interested in coming back. Yeah. Not a bad idea. So that's that's the main event. We both have Ferguson, though. That's the most entirely or highly anticipated fight, I should say. Uh, on that card for me. Let's run down the rest of the card. So, obviously, we talked about Ronald Souza versus Kevin Holland. I'm really looking forward to one of those undercard fights. Junior Dos Santos, of course, taking on a youngster in, in Cyril Gain. And then the one we haven't talked about was uh, Mociano versus Rafael Bizef. I don't know if I'm getting that right. You're, uh, you're the fighter guy. Yeah, Biziev. Biziev. And yeah. this is, this is uh, an interesting fight because both young guys. Both young guys, I mean, in my opinion, Moicano has just been in the, well, he has been in the UFC a little bit longer, but, you know, his fights have been a little bit more spread out, so he's kind of been around for, for a decent amount of time. Um, Moicano is the underdog, and uh, although, you know, Fiziev is relatively new to the UFC, um, I like his striking a lot, and uh, he's going to give Moicano a, a big problem uh, if Moicano can't get this fight to the ground and uh, control this on the ground. Um, and I think that's his pathway. But if Fiziev keeps this fight on the feet, which I think he can, uh, it's going to give Moicano a big, big problem. So I'm going to go with Fiziev. 
Interesting. I mean, again, kind of the youngster in that body. He's only lost once. And again, you can't really give Renato uh, brownie points on being a veteran because he only has, what, he's 18 fights? So I guess he does have half the fights that Rafael has, but I don't know. I'm going to go Renato just to rival you here. Okay. See which um, which victory I mean, look, Moicano is the underdog. I mean, you know, it, it's and for having a little more experience, I could see why a lot of people would take him. I almost took him before I looked into the fight a little bit, um, you know, because I saw his name and I know he's a pretty good fighter. Uh, but just taking a look at Fiziev's striking in his past couple fights, I think it could give Moicano a little bit of trouble if Moicano doesn't take it to the ground and, and kind of dominate. Um, so we'll see. And Ronaldo Souza versus Kevin Holland. This one is, is as even as the number two, my friend. Ronaldo Souza, he was the one that got COVID, right, a few months back? Yeah, um, he got it and uh, pulled out of a fight, which I was a little disappointed about. But, you know, uh, it's happened quite a bit this year. Unfortunately, it just has happened. But you know what? Then again, uh, it has made matchups and produced great fights. For example, uh, last week, last weekend's main event, uh, Marvin Vittori stepped in. It was the third opponent who was supposed to face Jack Hermanson, and they ended up putting on a phenomenal fight. So everything happens for a reason, I like to believe. Interesting. I mean... Uh, this is honestly so even to me. I love Kevin Holland as well. 20, 25 going into this fight. I feel like Souza's very hungry, though, going into this fight. Given that he had that opportunity to fight, he got sick. He kind of let himself down. He kind of let everybody in the company down. And it, probably in his own mind, probably not in anybody else's mind. I mean, your health is first. And, and given the circumstances, he couldn't have fought and spread that disease. But I feel like given... Uh, the, the amount of times that we've seen him fight. We saw him fight live in Brooklyn. We saw Ronaldo Souza. Yeah, he pu- pulled off a submission. I remember that. Yeah, but that was that was a long – that was a couple of five, six years ago. But yeah. see, I'm going I'm gonna to go with him just because I'm a fan. Kevin Holland's going to give him a run for his money, though. Yeah, man. I mean, Kevin Holland's been on a tear this year. Absolute tear. Um, and, you know – it's tough because Sousa is a great fighter overall. Uh, lots of experience, can knock you out, can submit you. Uh, but Kevin Holland also is in that same type of, um, you know, frame. I mean, they Holland has a lot of uh, much bigger reach, 81 inches to 72, um, only two inches in height. But, you know, it, it, they're going to look very similar in size in there. I mean, Souza might look a little more stocky compared to Holland's, you know, going to look a lot more lanky, but um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I just like the momentum that Holland has coming into this fight. And in my opinion, you know, although Souza has such experience and he's got such well tools all around and he can work wherever the fight takes him, I just think Holland's been on a tear. He's got all time confidence high and uh, Souza's kind of, Work. I don't want to say he's on his way out, but I think he's getting to the tail end a little bit. And uh, I think the young guy in Holland's going to end up getting the win. And, and it's going to be very interesting that you said that because Junior Dos Santos versus Gane here, or Jane, again, you're the fighter guy, but he, he's only 6-0. Yeah. and oh. He's only... <clears throat> He's only ha- has had a few fights under his belt where Junior Dos Santos, yes, he's kind of 
I guess, a lot older uh, than Gain going into this fight. But 21 and 8, he's the veteran. To me, I just don't see Dos Santos losing this fight. I don't think this win matters for him in any sense of the imagination. He just loves to fight at this point. But I don't, I don't think six wins is enough for me to say that Gain's a serious threat to Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, it, you know, it's a little crazy because Dos Santos is picking up a lot of losses. Uh, and you got to ask the question, and I've asked the question every time he's fighting, you know, what's going on? You know, I, and I, I picked him against, uh, you know, Rosenstrike, and he ended up losing. And and it's getting to the point where it's like, well, what's going on? Is the motivation not there? Because it seems like he thinks everything's right. He doesn't know why he's getting knocked out. And maybe is it... Is he getting hit too much and he just doesn't have the chin that he used to have anymore? Is can he just not hit the, the take the hits like Chuck Liddell, you know? Um, some guys, if they just fight so long, they can't hold up anymore. Maybe is it that, you know, there's a lot of questions. And um I don't know. I, I think he's in good shape. You know, he, he keeps looking like he's in good shape. It doesn't look like he's he's uh, you know in bad shape or he looks dead or anything like i i think he looks good I'd, so what's the issue i'm not 100 percent sure but i think for me to pick him he's gonna have to prove me wrong so i'm gonna go with gain uh and i'm gonna continue to pick against dos santos until he proves me otherwise just because i've picked him the last couple fights and he continues to lose um would i like to see him bounce back yeah i mean i think it's a little late now though you know he's on a couple of fights losing you know and uh what's gonna he's gonna have to win a lot of fights to, to climb his way back um and in convincing fashion and really beat some high quality guys in order to be like all right i i, I beat up the hiccup and i'm um, back now so and a guy over gain like a win over him like you said what's it gonna do so much you know it could just be like oh dos santos beat uh an up-and-coming prospect you know he wasn't ready yet all right, well, now you got to fight another guy. So it's, this is, in a sense, a win-win for Gain, I think. I mean, not a win-win. I mean, he, he's got to win for it to be anything productive, but um, it's a lose-lose for DeSantos, I should say. Yeah, like he's probably just in this for the love of the game, the love of fighting at this point, because he doesn't have anything to gain from either scenario. If anything, he puts over a kid who maybe has a promising future. I mean, have you paid close attention to any of Gaines' fight? I mean, what does he have to gain from this? No pun intended. But what does he have to uh, kind of value from this? What does Gain have to gain or Dos Santos? Yeah, like who, who has Gain fought to this point that can make someone think like, okay, he's a serious threat to a veteran like Junior Dos Santos? Uh, I mean, his last fight, he beat uh, Tanner Bozer in a unanimous decision, which a lot of people were very high on Bozer. Um, He's got a win against, uh, you're right. I mean, nothing crazy, to be honest with you. Um, at least in the UFC, that is. The only win that's kind of big is over Bozer, who was another high prospect, um, which was back in 2019, you know, uh, almost a year ago. So he hasn't fought in a little bit of time, but um, this is definitely a big climb for him, and, and this is probably his biggest challenge to date. Uh, but you know, when you look at it, it's not a horrible matchup for him. You know what I mean? Um, I, in a sense, I almost think it's a worse matchup for Dos Santos just because of what's been happening to him. He keeps getting knocked out, you know, and uh, gains a guy who's going to strike. 
So it should be interesting to see, you know, how Junior looks. You just want your pick to finally uh, kind of rub your back a little bit, right? Because you've picked him so many times and he always lets you down. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he proves me wrong now, I mean, okay, good. Like, finally, it's about time. Like, you won. Like, I don't know. I've been picking him. I picked him, you know, what are you going to do? I hope he proves me wrong, but we'll see. So let's pick him. I am one thing, one thing though, I am a little surprised that he's such an underdog. Uh and Gain is such a, a a favorite in this fight. I I I'm surprised that the betting odds uh aren't giving him a little more respect. But um it's he's not a bad bet though, you know, at least on the ESPN he's right now plus three forty. Uh that's not bad. I, I guess Gain does have that momentum going for him, given that he hasn't lost a professional fight yet in mixed martial arts. But let's pick him. Yeah, so we both have Junior Dos Santos. I think that's safe to say. Uh, I got oh, I'm st- going. I'm going Gain. Oh, geez, really? I said I'm going. I'm going against Dos Santos until it proves me wrong. Interesting. I told yeah. you that went over my head. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So, so we're battling with Dos Santos and Gain. We're battling with Souza and Holland as well. I'm uh, you you went Souza, I went Holland. That's right. All right. And we're battling right. against uh, Renato and Raphael too, as well. I don't think we uh, we've agreed on one fight to this point, except maybe t- Tony Ferguson and Figueroa. Yeah, you know what? I I got a nice thing that we should do at the start of next year. We should uh for every every pay per view, we should keep track of our predictions, and then at the end of the year, see how we do. Yeah, and we should make a big bet as well. All right. Well, we the losers could... got to get the tattoo of something that the that the winner wants, or just chug a bunch of stuff. Edward Forty Hands. All right. Well, we'll we'll decide this. We got and, time. Uh, Are we holding? Yeah, we got minutes? time. Yeah, we got time. Hey, fight night, but... December nineteenth. That's my birthday. Twenty second birthday. We're we're gonna have a Fair fun night. time. We're gonna yeah. have a live commentary show. Should be a good time. All right, so we got that out of the way. I wanted to talk to you about something that we actually didn't even talk about when we hopped on Zoom. Usually we, we take like 15, 20 minutes to discuss whatever is going on in our lives and whatever um, we want to talk about going in. So this was announced by Fanmeo a few days ago. It's going to be Floyd Money Mayweather coming out of retirement to take on the 0-1 professional YouTuber, Logan Paul. How disgraceful is it in your eyes being a fight fan? Oh, I mean, buddy, it's, and I, I did, I did mention it in my last pod a little bit, but, um, oh man, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a money you know, grab. I, it is a yeah. flat out money grab. Yes. And it's, and it's what it is. It's getting eyes on the sport and, um, that's what it is. And, and I think, you know, there's going to be a bunch of rules that come out. And we'll see what those are. Um, but it's just, in reality, what what sense does it make? You know, like, how does it make any sense? And, and it's disrespectful in the sense that it shows, like, a nobody can get something, you know? And, and there's so many fighters who work their ass off to just try and get, get there, just to make it, make it into a big promotion. And this nobody is going to come in with a, Oh, one in one record and fight the best boxer of all time. It's a little ridiculous in my opinion. What if he wins? I, and, um, I don't think it'll happen. Reason <clears throat> being, okay, he's bigger. 
And people might think that, oh, he's 200 pounds, he's 6'2", Floyd's 5'8", only 150. It's boxing. It's not like they have to grapple. And the thing that Floyd's going to do and that Floyd has a tremendous advantage over is footwork and how to move. All he has to do, you could jab, move, jab, move, stay on the outside, move right or left, jab, jab, jab. You know, and, and Floyd's got fast hands, fast footwork. Uh, he's going to be able to move. I know he's older, but he's still going to have it an advantage over Paul. Um, is he going to be able to knock him out? I hope so. Is it, <laughs> is it, prob- so. it going to be like a four or six round expedition? Probably. I doubt they go anything longer than that. Um, can Floyd just cruise until the end and win every round? Probably. It'll probably only be like two minute rounds or something. You got to see the the whole rules when they come out, but uh, I hope he goes out there and just starches them. That way, it shuts him up and shuts up his idiotic brother. And uh, I hate his brother. His brother's worse than him. You know, I was watching them talk on a podcast. I think it was Logan's podcast, and he actually is is somewhat of an I don't want to say an okay guy. He 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 sounds he knows how to get views. He knows how to, how to talk and get people to listen to him. And he knows the right things to say and, and here and there, you know what I mean? He is very, uh, a little immature with some of the stuff he does. I think it's just what the YouTubers do now just to get views uh, and to, to have the younger target audience watch them. So I get it. But, um, his brother, Jake is just an absolute dumbass. Absolute dumbass. Uh, I didn't realize it until he started speaking and he opened his mouth. I'm like, you are so dumb. So dumb. And uh, so I hope he gets his jaw jaw rocked. And then I hope his brother goes in. And you know his brother's probably going to fight on the same card. I, I wouldn't imagine they wouldn't find him a fight so that he could fight on a huge platform. Uh, I hope he gets his shit rocked too. And they both shut up. And they end this celebrity bullshit fighting real fighters. If they want to have celebrity fighting, do it on their own. Don't involve real fighters, in my opinion, because I think it's just disrespectful. And um, one other thing, why don't they call out guys in their own weight? Why are they calling out guys tremendously smaller than them? Why? Actually, you want to know something funny is Henry Cejudo's chirping at Jake Paul. And Henry Cejudo is way smaller than Jake Paul. And Henry Cejudo would fight Jake Paul. And you know what? Henry Cejudo would whip Jake Paul's ass. And have we heard Jake Paul answer Henry Cejudo? No, we haven't. Why? Because he's scared. He just opens his mouth just to get people. That's all it is. These guys open their mouth and they probably don't even want it to happen. They just open their mouth and hope that things happen. I'm amped up. This topic has me amped up. I mean, what, dude, seriously, though. Floyd Mayweather, as cocky as the guy is, and as cocky as the, the Paul brothers are, obviously. Floyd, you know why Floyd's doing this. Floyd's doing this for cash. He's making a ton of money, for sure. He's, He's making a ton of money. World. However, however, given that his stature of, of success and cockiness and arrogance, do you think he's underestimating Logan Paul at all? I know zero wins, one loss, one tie. But he is bigger. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Here's the what thing. if he pulls off an upset? Paul Paul fought another YouTuber. These guys haven't fought real fighters. They haven't. You know, the only thing that makes this fight anything close to competitive is the fact that Paul's much bigger. But even then, like like I was saying, Floyd's skills, I think it just won't matter. You know, I think he's going to just be able to do things. And I think Floyd's going to go in with a game plan. Like, look, when he fought McGregor, he switched his stance up three different times to find a win. Um, because obviously what he was doing in the beginning wasn't going to get him to win, so he had to switch it up. Uh, Floyd's just knows how to box, period. He, I think he'll do whatever it takes. I don't really think Floyd's going to go in there and, and want to lose. You know, if he goes in there and what's working isn't working or what he's doing isn't working rather, he's going to switch it up. You know, uh, I think this could be a backfire for boxing if Floyd does not perform. If Floyd doesn't perform, it makes the sport like a joke. It really does because honestly, and, and I didn't say this before, but uh, if Floyd does not perform, it, it is bad for boxing because now it makes your sport look like a joke. I don't know. I feel like a win for, for Paul, and I'm not saying that there's any likelihood in that happening, but if he is to pull off the upset of the century and, and flip the world on, it, on its axis and uh, hell freezes over, like they, like they say in the movies, I think that that would be a huge coup for boxing in a sense. Yes, it would make uh, the greatest boxer of all time and I guess the industry as a whole kind of look bad that a YouTuber came in and beat the Ooh, greatest. But, yeah, but, but, but it would be a huge it? coup in the moment for boxing. How? Because you're going to get all those headlines. You're going to get the headlines and you're going to get the views at the moment. But then what happens? Who does Paul fight next? Another guy 50 pounds lighter than him? You can't keep making fights like that because, you know, what happens is when he fights a guy in the 195 or 200, he's going to get his shit rocked. Shit rocked. I mean, look. Before the fight happens, it's a success because they're getting all these views. They're getting all these pay-per-view buys, so it's a success. Um, you know, Logan could walk out and let Floyd, he could take a dive, and it wouldn't even matter. They could have this planned. Like, boxing, I think, is a little corrupt to begin with. I think it always has been a little bit with, with uh, betting and just people taking dives for money and whatnot. Uh, I mean, who knows? Logan could be doing this. He's getting paid. Uh, he's helping out boxing to get a lot of views. He could walk out there and throw a couple punches and Floyd could knock him out. It was like when people thought that when Floyd fought the guy um, on New Year's Eve, I, 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 where was it? It wasn't Japan. Was it Japan or China or something? He fought uh, like a professional um, kickboxer and rocked him. Absolutely. Like dropped him three times. And people thought uh, this fight was staged. Um, who knows? Who knows what could happen? You know what I mean? Uh, people do anything for money. I'm not saying it's going to be staged, but who knows? You know, and um, you know, these guys are doing it for money. Boxing's just happy because they're going to get views. And uh, we'll see. I mean, I see what you're saying that like it, the headlines would be great, but it just what's next if, if Paul wins. You go back to Tyson Fury. I think he's the face of boxing today. So you put Tyson Fury against Logan Paul? 
I think a lot of people would like to see a ferocious Tyson Fury just oh, eat up. People would, people would love that, but I don't know if Paul would, like, see, these guys aren't Paul, Paul would do it for the publicity and the headlines, for sure. The build-up, the promotion would be huge for him and his channel. Paul, huge. Paul would go out and get his ass kicked. And he knows that. Views. And he knows that. Paul would. Paul would. Jake, on the other hand, thinks he's like the greatest pound-for-pound fighter of all time, if you listen to him. But he ain't calling out guys for his his weight. Both of them are. And that's what pisses me off. Um, Why not not call out these heavy guys? It, It makes no sense at all. All right. I'm done getting you riled up about it. We'll wait for it. February 21st, 2021. It's Mayweather versus Paul. Never before, never again. It's going to be on FanMeo. Um, you want to get into it? Again, we're kind of on a timer here. So, like, the back end of the show, we can try and get into UFC Fight Night. You got Wonder Boy versus Neil coming up, uh, like we mentioned, December 19th, a couple of weeks away. Uh, there's a lot of big names on this uh, Fight Night card, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, Jose is back in business, 28-7, Jose Aldo. Remember him? Lost in 13 seconds to Conor McGregor. Yeah, we got uh, some great fights on this card. Um, you know, Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera is going to be a great fight. Uh, I'm excited. Right now, Jose Aldo is the favorite against Vera. It makes sense because he's a higher rank. Um, you know what's interesting? Aldo hasn't had a win in the bantamweight division yet, I believe, which is kind of interesting since he moved down and then, you know, lost against uh, Marlon Marias and then lost against... Uh, Peter Yan for the title, but it's all good. I, I, I think this is a tough fight for Vera. This is his toughest fight yet. Um, but there's going to be a great, fu- great fights. I mean, Michelle Pereira versus Chaos Williams is going to probably be the uh, fight of the night, whether people realize it or not. Um, you also have Marlon Marais on the card fighting Rob uh, Font. Um, Marais coming off of his loss uh, recently. And you also have uh, Greg Hardy taking on Marcin Tibera. That should be a great fight. I mean, Hardy's been looking great uh, in the UFC, and Tibera is coming off of a pretty good win against uh, Ben Rothwell. Um, and Anthony Pettis versus Alex Morano. Pettis uh, back in business as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't seen him fight in a, in a minute uh, since he fought uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. So, you know, and that's just the main card. I mean, there's great fights. Uh, in every fight, you there, there's a big name, really. If not on both sides, at least one of the sides. So, should be pretty fun. I mean, the prelims are going to be probably enjoyable. You know, you got some names here and there. I'm excited to see Bilal Muhammad fight. And um, should be fun. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun for us. We're going to be there finally back in business. We haven't been in the same room on the same couch watching the same fights, drinking the same whiskey since uh, 253 with uh, the Danny C., Daniel Cormier, when he got his eye all left up by uh, Stipe. Stipe, yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think Stipe fights once once per year moving forward? I, Is he that I, type of I, because again, like with his whole family situation, his kids, his eyes have been effed up over the past few fights. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he only had one or two fights left in him. Go out on top, go out on your own terms and go out healthy, which a lot yeah. of fighters I feel like have a tough time doing. 
a lot of yeah, and you're right about that, and and it kind of helps your longevity a little bit too. If you, I think, if you spread them out, and I understand that they were doing the one fights per year with Cormier just because the belt changed hands and Cormier wanted some rest and blah, blah, blah. Both guys had, you know, some injuries recover. Um, but now, you know, Cormier is out of the equation. Stipe is back. I mean, maybe if he has a fight in the beginning of the year, he could squeeze one out in the end. But I, I, I think I'm with you, uh, in the sense that he's probably going to only fight once per year and he may only have one or two left. I mean, we got to assume that Francis is going to be next in line. Maybe he fights a new guy like Curtis blades, um, just to kind of prove that he's the best, you know, heavyweight of all time. And, um, just to get a you know, a new name on his resume and, uh, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. So only one way to find out, but guess what? I'll see you finally in person next Saturday, 10 days from now, December 19th, UFC fight night, Thompson versus Neil. Looking forward to it. I'll bring the beam and the sounds microphone because uh, sounds. I have yeah. both. Yep, but I'll have the coke. So that's and I. That's all we need. That's the most important thing. Yep. All right, buddy. It was good talking to you as always. That was the big episode three zero for UFC two fifty six pay per view this weekend. It's December tenth. Jack, thank you. Great as always.